No, that's good. Keep listening to this podcast. Whatever you do out there, whoever you are in Mariner's land, keep listening to this podcast. You don't have to be loyal to a single podcast. Just keep this podcast in your rotation. You know, you can find me on Twitter at Prospect Insider. Baseball Things is the podcast, but keep listening to this podcast. Keep it in your rotation. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mariner's Mojo, Mariner's podcast brought to you by two lifelong baseball fans in the heartbeat of baseball, Chris and Alex. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah? Just from watching the Mariners kick butt Friday and Saturday? Or? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was exciting. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we're, just, we're just jumping right into it. The game on Friday was just another in a long line of like stressful and exciting Mariners games. And it's not just for like one period of the game. It's for the last like three or four innings of the game. Yeah, basically from the sixth inning on, I'd say. Yeah. It's like, all right, here they come. Get ready. And it's crazy because was it the Mariners had this crazy long streak of their starters going five innings, which I think stopped yesterday on Saturday. Yeah. Because Kikuchi only went four and two-thirds, four and a third. Yeah. And I he threw like he 100 pitches. He was 90-something. It was high 90s then. Yeah, he, he was into the 90s yeah. and they just missed the ball in the outfield and Another bad play by Kalanick. That's what it sounded like. But he has the center field. He has he has the right. But he came charging in like that. Instead of I'm just I just listened to it. And it sounded like Hanniger could have had it. They both could have had it. Yeah. I don't know if just young guy doesn't talk on enough or Hanniger just he hasn't played a whole lot in the last few years. So. I could see it being where Kellenic, like, just has that young gusto still, and he's like, "Oh, I can get it. I can I get can. everything." It's my ball. Yeah, I'm gonna make a cool play. And, they, and then they ran into each other. So that made it. What was it? Three uh, two. two in that game, because <clears throat> that was Simeon, right? Wasn't he the one hitting? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Thanks. So. Yeah, but so it gets to, what was it? They tied it up at three three, and now I got to go back to the game. I'm confused from Friday and Saturday of what all. Oh wait, um, I don't know. no, it's Hernandez. No, I don't know. No, no one scored at that point. Oh okay. Yeah, it was the next play that that got on the second and third. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And then Guriel grounded out. And that did it? Okay. Yeah. Hernandez is the one that caused lots of trouble. Teoscar? Yeah. Yeah, he did he tore pretty good. Him. Yeah. Well, didn't he have a good game Sunday, too? I think so. I think he torched him all. I think yeah. he had a home run today, yeah. It's just tough. Like, guys get on during a series. Like Jonah Heim. Yeah. Did you see the thing about him? He's like 0 for 32. His last... Hits and home runs were against the Mariners or something. Oh yeah, he's not good. He just just crushes the Mariners. Nah, I like to play them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was four and a third and ninety-seven pitches for Kikuchi. Yeah. But before we get to the offense blowing up in that game, we should go to the first game of the series. I guess. You know, go in order because that makes a little <sighs> oh, more sense. Could do so, it that way. Well, we probably should, right? Go back to Friday night. I don't know. Let's go back to the 11. <laughs> oh, you. Let's keep the win streak going. 
Nope, I already have it on the 11th. Oh, I hope my sound's not on. Cause, oh, no, it's, okay, it's muted. Good. Don't need any of those things happening again. Yeah, yeah so was it the Mariners had one or one hit through the first five innings of that game? Because I think, was it Hanager, or Hanager walked and then France drove him in? Or no, Murphy. Kalanick got on and Murphy drove him in. That's what it was. Am I thinking of... No, I'm thinking of, sorry, the Friday night game. I'm thinking of the Saturday game. The Saturday game was the one hit through like five or six innings. The Friday game where the Mariners ended up tied 2-2 going into the ninth. Yeah, because they, they scored in the third on Friday. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's 2-2, not a lot going on. And then just start walking people. I don't know why that happens to the Mariners so much. Because they watch a lot of balls. They do. But it makes me wonder about like how smart the opposing pitchers are. Because you look at the Mariners' lineup, they don't have good batting averages. They're no. still last in baseball, or second to last in baseball. In the first six innings, maybe. Yeah. In the last three. They're a lot better, it seems like, because they're so... Well, no, they are. Like They score most of their runs in the last three innings. That's crazy. They're young. They see them. They get through the first rotation of the lineup. Yeah. Pitching. And then they start improving. And then they get to the bullpen. And they're like, eh, these guys suck. We got them. Yeah. So, the ninth inning, Hanniger strikes out France Grandson. It's like, okay, we're going to be going to extras against Toronto. Hasn't been great in extras lately. The Mariners, what, lost four one-run games in a row at one point earlier this month? Yeah, it was... Versus Texas, mostly. Uh, a couple against the Yankees. Oh, yeah, Yankees. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But then Toro, or no, Seeger walks. Then Toro walks. You know, Toro, the guy that people are super angry that we got because Graveman is the reliever god and he's some failed prospect because he only had 130 at bats or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the argument that Toro's bad. He's so 24. Dumb. Yeah. Okay, stop that. I understand that you like the pitcher, you like your guy, great clubhouse guy. This helps you long term. Yes, and, yes it does. And he's hitting three fifty. Yeah, he's crushing it. <laughs> so Toro walks and then Torrens reaches on a funky infield single that like went off the guy's sh I don't know. I'm starting to get stuff confused. I thought that was the one that went like off his shoe. But that could have been something that happened to Kikuchi. No, I think this one, they had the infield in, he blooped it in just over the outfield. Or over second. No, that was the Toro ball was it, the next night. This is uh, Friday night. Torrens <laughs> reaches on an infield single to the pitcher. I don't remember now. There was too much going I, on in that game. It was like the radio was crazy. Group text going back and forth, trying to update Twitter. And I got both games kind of mixed together now. Yeah. So they're both just exciting. So what it comes down to is Kelnick comes up, and this is the highest leverage, I think that's the right word to use, highest leverage walk of the entire season in all of baseball. Two outs, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, tie game. It's impressive that he walked, being that he's a rookie. Well, he said that, what was it, uh, before he went down or even right when he came back up, he's like, I would have went up there swinging. 
Like, I would have went up there looking to swing right away. Oh, he's completely different from the first time. So much different. And it's crazy. Like, you don't expect it. It's like, oh, it just goes down for a few months. Yeah. Or a month, whatever it was. Hit a little bit. Come back up. It's like, no. Completely changed his game. Oh, yeah. Calm down. Stop acting like a... Uh, rookie? Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> rookie who's... Every at-bat is the last one he's going to get. Yeah. Like the egotistical rookie type thing. Like, calm down. You can have a lot of these. So he takes ball one, he takes ball two. And this is where the old Kalanick, even at a 2-0 count, he's probably thinking, oh, he's throwing me a strike. I'm swinging. I'm swinging. And I'm swinging, like, hard. Because I want that walk-off win. Yeah. But no, he takes ball three. And I think ball three was the one that was close. Like, it was just inside. No, just outside. I think it was just outside. I think just the last outside. one was it. The last one wasn't even close. No, like on his shoestring. Yeah. And so he takes ball three, and even then, like, the old Kelnick would have swung. Like, the coach is like, no, no, do not swing. You're not swinging. Batting coach walks up there and just, like, gives him a mini bat. He's like, you're using this on this. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he takes ball four, walk off walk, and just Definitely loses his so. mind in excitement. That's what I like to see. That's what you're supposed to do. Do what you can to win. Yeah. Wear it in the ear hole if you have to. Right? <laughs> but here's the thing. There were so many people online that were angry with how much he was celebrating. It's like he's a 20, 21? He, he turned 22. 22? Like a couple weeks ago. He's a rookie who's 21 or 22. So it's his age 21 season. He's 21. Who had struggled and just had a walk-off. It's a win. It's, yeah, he won the game for the team. If you don't like it, don't walk it. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> he just, like, he loses his mind celebrating, jumping up and down. I saw people saying, like, oh, they thought he was going to start doing cartwheels. He was so excited. Guess what? Go ahead. You won the game for your team. That's the one thing I don't like about baseball. They get so upset when people get excited. My favorite is when you see the guys who are in support of the excitement, but it's from the side of it you think would be angry. Like when a pitcher sees something like this and he's like, no, Kelnick did his job. He gets to celebrate. Yeah. You didn't do your job. You have to watch him celebrate. If you struck him out, you get to celebrate. And they do yeah. all the time. But no one says anything. Yeah. Like, um, one of the marriage pitchers, they struck some guy out. I think it was Middleton. Yeah, probably the next night. Yeah, I think it was. He struck him out, and he's just walking around like excited. Jack's like, exactly. Yeah. We won. Be excited. Yeah. You don't say football players stop being excited for knocking down that pass <laughs> or getting that sack. Stop dancing. What are yeah. you doing? Like going to the Tim Anderson home run in the Field of Dreams game. You hit a walk-off at the cornfield, and like he doesn't even – he makes no attempt at running to first base the entire time. He's just like game over, like hands up by his neck, not doing any throat stuff, but just like game over, like wiping it clean. Game over. Like, celebrate all you want. I thought this was a weird celebration, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not my type. Of... Yeah, I would have been like the Kelnick type celebration where it's just jumping and screaming and excited. and Or the Tom Murphy, big bear, oh. wide eyes. Ah! <laughs> the crazy man. <laughs> Don't come tackle me, I'll tackle you. Yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> so Kelnick gets the walk off. He's been playing really well in the ninth inning lately, especially. It seems like a lot of these Mariners rallies and wins 
you see a guy on base in the ninth, and Kelnick is involved in it somehow. He's been involved in a lot of them. Yeah. Well, it helps that he's hitting like 260-something, 270 over the last, or this month, I think. He's yeah. having a very good August. Yeah, I think he could take out for, uh, before the All-Star break, you take that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's hitting. I know he had a rough day today. I don't think he got a hit. Um, I think most of them had a rough day. Yeah, he turned 22 on July 16th. He has the same birthday as Caitlin. Good for them. That's the end of that story. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pull up his batting log so I can look at it. I'm taking advantage of the thing I taught Alex earlier. But let's see. Yeah, let's go right there. for three tonight. Yep. Two strikeouts on a walk. So before tonight's game, he was hitting 267 with a 358 on base and a 556 slugging in August. So even going 0 for 3, that drops him to 12 for 48. So he's still hitting 250 this month. But you said he had a walk? Yeah. You okay. So it's his eighth walk of the month. So he's taking his time and watching walking pit, watching pitches. He's not quite the Fraley status. No. But... I mean, he, he did have a walk-off walk. So. Did he? Did he strike out today? Did you say? Uh, Kelnick. Yeah. Yeah, he, twice. Oh, okay. So he's up to nine strikeouts for the month. That's Just nine. Nine and was it fifty some plate appearances? Uh, fifty-seven plate appearances. He's got nine strikeouts. That's yeah, not bad for a rookie. That is down below eighteen percent on a strikeout rate. That's like below league average. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Which that was the big worry with him was like he's striking out a lot. He's a rookie. Yeah, he strike out. It happens. They get up there, they're jacked. They want to hit the ball. Speaking of being jacked and hitting the ball, the next night. So the Saturday game starts off with this is the one I was talking about earlier, where um, I think it was Hanniger walked in this one, and then France hit the two run homer. So it's two nothing in the first inning, right? I think that's how it started off. Yeah, yeah. And then they didn't do anything until the sixth inning. I literally mean they didn't do anything. Ryu shut down fourteen straight, I think. Yeah, he was he was dominant. Yeah. Him with his his facial hair now. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> his rookie year baseball pictures. He looks like a little baby. He does. I like to make fun of people, but he needs that <laughs> Some guys need it. Yes. But yeah, he dominated after that for two batters. That was the one where through five, the Mariners had one hit and two runs. In the sixth, I want to say it was Crawford got a hit, and then the next guy hit into a double play. So they wasted the hit right away. I think so. So still, through six innings, the Mariners had two runs on two hits and like one walk. Was not looking good. And then they get to their sweet spot. Seven, eight, the nine. back three innings. Which is so weird because they're wasting all these good starts by the pitchers. Yeah. Like, eh, pitchers like, do better. That night, not so much with Kikuchi because he gets pulled in the fifth. Yeah, he was a little wild. Yeah. But I think, I want to say it was 21 straight games the Mariners starters had gone at least five. Well, he only gave up three runs. He just walked like four, I think. Uh, I think it was a very wild. I'm trying to pull it up here. I got it up. Uh, come on. Kikuchi, four walks, yeah. five hits. 
So he still had a whip of like two, which isn't good. No, but the four walks kind of hurts you the most. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, so then all of a sudden it's the seventh inning. And previous years, it's like, oh, Mariners, they're losing towards the end of the game. They're probably going to give a couple more runs. Then score one or two late and still lose. Yeah, that probably would have went to bed. Yeah. But no, no, no. Not this year's Mariners. This year's Mariners is a little different. It's like you stay up no matter what. It's like, yeah. Which one? Can we have more games like the Marco game back on Thursday? The afternoon oh, game? Two hour game? Two hours and eight minutes or whatever? If I get the chip chop chip. I don't mind the long games in the afternoon. Because it's like, oh, the game's over at five or whatever when it started at one. Yeah. That's fine. But these games that start at seven and get over at like 10 55, 11 o'clock. Can they stop starting at seven? Yeah, that's that's a different Start argument for a different five game. or six. Come on. I'm tired of watching games at 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah, and then like you're talking about it and you're all hyped up. It's like, oh, I want to go to bed, but like, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep till like midnight. And we're old now. We're not young anymore. Oh, that's me. It's doing it. I don't know why. It's out of here. And that's what we were just going to talk about anyway. So thank you, ESPN, for finally ruining it. At least we heard it this time. Where's the spoiler warning? So, bottom seven. Ryu's still pitching. France hits it to deep center. And luckily, I guess is the right... I think that's what I want to say. Springer, he gets hurt, but it's just a mild ankle sprain. Because it looked like it could have been way worse. Yeah. So France's first triple of the year. And then Seeger grounds out. Toro walks. And here's where the Mariners, like, trauma comes in. Lead off triple. Now there's guys in the corners with one out. Like, it's oh. going to be a double play. It's like, oh, man. It's either double play or a home run. I was talking to guys <laughs> who were like, do you pinch it for Torrens here? They're hitting into a double play. The inning's going to be over. And then, boom, Torrens rips a shot to left. Three-run homer. Mariners go up 5-3. Oh, nice. And it was just, Torrens has been hitting the ball really well lately. It ha- isn't always falling, because Friday night he hit the ball super hard twice. Yeah, he, he's kind of doing what uh, Evan White did for a while, mm-hmm. with maybe a little more power. Yeah. Hard hit balls, but kind of going right at people. The difference is he's got a little more home run power right yeah. now. So he's hitting the home runs right now instead of flying out the deep left. You know who else is hitting the home run? The next guy. That's right. Kelnick hit one right after that. <laughs> Oppo. Yeah. Caught a four-seamer, lifted it out to left, seven feet further than Torrance. I don't know if he's flexed on him for that one. Like, I hit it further than you. I win. Boom. But then the comeback would be like, yeah, but I drove in, guys. You didn't. Yeah. And then... Murphy strikes out. Of course, Fraley walks because that's what he does. It's what he What's does. he up to? Like 194 walks on the season? Yeah, the full season, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, so the Mariners get out. It's 6-3. So they've kind of taken the lead. Taken control of the game. But they decide they're not done. Why be done? They need to work on that run to control. People yeah. keep complaining. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, fine. Let's win the game time more. Yeah. I don't. This is their biggest win, and I don't know how long. It's like they're tired of being nice. Like almost, you could win by one or two. When yeah. was the last time they won by this much? Oh, not that long ago. They beat Tampa um, August second by six. Okay. So, Hanniger leads off the eighth double. France walks. Seeger walks. 
And then I think this is the one you're talking about, the little blooper in the center nice. by Toro yeah. with the shift. Because Simeon, I think, was playing like up in front of yeah, second or something. Yeah, they had like everyone on the dirt. Yeah. Or not on the grass on the field. Which, like, super in. Like, so you're playing for like a bunt or trying to go home first double play. Yeah. But you're down three already. I understand that if it's tied. Yeah, it's not down that much. And I think there's no outs. There's no outs. Like you, you, play, you play double play depth. You play double. You yeah. Maybe play corners in. Yeah, maybe they corners, but you want to play get get the most outs you can because yeah. your base is loaded. Get out of that, but no runs given up is not easy. No, it rarely happens, and that's the thing. Say they do hit that, like they would catch that ball by Toro. Yeah, that wouldn't have been a hit. Yeah, and Barn went to score. Yeah, so I guess it's it's just one less run. But who knows? Things could have changed because then there's an out. Maybe he pitches him differently because he's trying to induce like a grounder. Or yeah. I don't know. So Toro's, Toro bloops the single, so bases are still loaded, and Torrance was so close to breaking out the rye bread and mustard. Yes, he was. He's pulling the salami out of the fridge. I was about to make a sandwich and everything. I was like, oh, let's go! Uh. And it's crazy because, so this one, it ends up being a double off the wall, which he's kind of lucky it was a double because he stood there and like watched it. <laughs> but there was nowhere to go, though. Yeah. He's yeah. going to really yeah. run hard. But so this one misses being a home run by a foot or two. And then the walk off from a few nights ago that he hit out to deep center. Are you watching it now? Yeah, just show it. Down the line, and it's off the wall. Yeah. But, but the walk off <laughs> he hit a couple nights ago that was just a single, that missed by a foot also. Yeah, that was just below the yellow. He needs to get in that weight room just a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, just a little bit more. You know, if this was 15 years ago, both those balls are gone by like 30 feet. Why? What was 15 years ago? <laughs> a different era where people were much more muscular without really working out that much harder. Interesting. Yeah. So, Torrance, and this surprised me when I heard this. Most RBI in a game this season by a Mariners player is five by Torrance in this game. No one had had five in a game for the Mariners yet this year. That seems odd because they've right? had five grand slams. But none of those guys had did anything else. <laughs> Maybe they were just kind of tricking you and saying it's the most, but he had tied for the most. Probably, there's probably like 10 of them with five. <laughs> like, yeah, five's good. But it also wouldn't surprise me, really. No, they don't. They spread it out. There's not a top guy. Yeah. So Torrance hits the, the two RBI double. It's 9-3 then. But then they can't do anything after that, but it's 9-3, so who cares? Yeah. And the Mariners going to win 9-3. And this is at this was the point in the season where, and you brought this up before we started recording, if not for May, the Mariners have a positive run differential. Yeah, and they're going against a team that has like the highest in baseball. Toronto, no, uh, highest in the American League. Because the Do I, okay, no, yeah, no, Houston's higher, but one twenty-seven. Yeah, so I was looking at wildcard standings, so it was only showing non-division yeah, yeah. leaders. But still, one of the tops. Yeah. That's a lot. 127. There's only three tight. Yeah. Dodgers, San Francisco, and Houston. Yep. And then Chicago's right behind them by one. Which is, those are all top hitting teams. Like, yeah. the best of the best. Well, Toronto's offense is insane. Yeah. The fact that we held them to that few and 
the first two games. Yeah. It's like, eh, I didn't expect this last game to go well. <laughs> no. Yeah, because we gave up five runs in the first two games. Yeah, and they, they hit the ball hard with defense. Clearly, see why you need defense. Yeah. Because they defense matters. Defense is important. Yes. Can't stop a great offense for long. No. But I think it was Saturday when I noticed it, looking at the batting averages for the teams. Yeah. The worst hitter on Toronto was in the 250s, and the worst hitter was like 266 or something. The Mariners' third best hitter was 259. So the Mariners' third best hitter would be the Blue Jays' second worst hitter. Is that Hanniger? Uh, I think it was Hanniger and uh, someone else were both at like 258, 259 right in there. Could be Crawford. No, Crawford's up in the 260s. Is he higher? Yeah. I don't know who it was. Just brain farting right now. Yeah, but you got to think like it helps a lot when you have super like great, great guys. Yeah. Just. When there's no spot in the lineup where you can take a break as a pitcher. Kind of pitch around like a yeah. handiger. It's like, oh, he's great. So let's pitch around a little. Yeah. I know if I can get past these two guys, who cares if one of them gets on? Because the next three guys have four hits in the last month, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, if it's in the first six innings, <laughs> definitely not going on I mean, if it's Jake Bowers, all he can do is hit singles anyway. He only hits 240, so he stinks. Yeah, he's kind of strong. That's a hill I will die on. That Jake Bowers sucks. He's not great. No, he hasn't shown it. You can't be a first baseman and not hit for power or average. I'm kind of surprised he doesn't hit for power. He seems like the type that would. Right. But I also don't see him on the team next year. Yeah, I think it was through his first like 120 at bats or appearances, one or the other. He had two doubles and a home run. You can't do that as a first baseman. No. Well, there's a reason why he was like go and he's been. Yeah. D. Gordon can do that. Yes. No, he still can't because he needs more than two doubles. But he'll be fighting for if he'll be on the team. No, he won't be. White. He's He's super good. Isn't Bowers like 28? 26, 27. He's still. Oh, no, he's only 25. Who am I thinking of? older. I don't know. Yeah, he's only 25. He's still young. He was a top 100 prospect. Yeah. So he's still. The potential's there. I'm not going to say he just can't do it. He just needs to change something. Yeah. But what was nice about that game Saturday night, besides like the offense breaking out and winning, was it broke the 10-game streak of two runs or less. I didn't like it. I wanted to win by two or less. Break the record. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. Just always close. Well, do you know what the record was? For this season or all time? All time. I don't know. Probably like 23 or something crazy. No. Way more? Less. Oh, really? 14. Yes. 11? Really? 11. I thought they said some other team had done 10 this year already. Oh, for the Mariners. For the Mariners. Oh, gotcha. For I thought you meant all time. I was like, what? That seems like such a small number. No, nope, just for the Mariners. Oh, okay. 11 was the most. What was it, like three years ago? 2005. Oh, okay. So it's been a while. And then 92 also was 10, and then four other was nine. That's before my time. I was only four. I didn't pay attention to baseball then. Come on, son. <laughs> So Mariners end up winning the series 2-1, which very happy with to hold Toronto to five runs in the first two games, take two games. But now the Mariners are, what is it, 63 and 56? Because their record? Yeah, 63 and 56. And they are 
five and a half games back in the wild card. I had it up earlier. Five and a half games back of Boston and Oakland. Uh, four and a half, or one game back of Toronto, three games back of New York. So if Oakland and Boston go 500, they get to 90 wins. That means the Mariners need to go like 28 and 14 to get to 91. Can they go 28 and 14? Can they get to 91 wins? Yeah, they're going 92. I called it from the beginning. You're just living with that, aren't you? Yeah, until it can't possibly be done. Yes. <laughs> but you're also going with Oakland's on an A2 run right now. Yeah. Boston's 5-5 five and five after winning three in a row. Yep. So neither of them are really doing great team right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think either are that great. But, <laughs> but it's going to be hard to catch both of them. You don't have to catch both. you got to get one. I know. One needs to fail. But then you also need both the Yankees and the Blue Jays to fail. So you need three of those four teams to fail. Well, three of the four play each other a lot. Which helps. As long as one of them takes off. You need one to dominate the others. Yeah, that's probably just so best I guess way to do it. You want it to be Boston. You want Boston. Yeah. Sweep Yankees, sweep Toronto every time. Yep. Just constantly beat up on them. Beat them up. Yeah. So then you have to hope to catch Oakland. And you play Oakland a lot, so that's how much do they play? Easier. How much do they have against Oakland still? Let's oh, see here. One, two. I was guessing nine. Six, nine. Nine. They have a two game. They have a two game coming up uh, in a week on the twenty third and twenty fourth, and they play a four game set against them to September twentieth, and then a three game set September twenty seventh. So they have seven games in ten days against Oakland near the end of the season. That's going to be huge. So you sweep them. <laughs> You're going to need to probably. Probably yeah. They have to do super good. Have yeah. to do better than what they've been doing. Which is hard, but they got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, the Mariners have been playing really well for what they should be doing. But they need to do even better. Yes. So that's the other thing. Can they do it? Like, Or even, will 91 wins be enough? That's the question. No, they're probably like in the past. They'll, they'll probably get up to the... They'll probably get the 92 and like, oh, maybe 93. Sorry. Just barely miss it. Well, a few years ago, they get up to 90. Uh, 89, I think. And there one game now. It's like, yeah, it's so close. Or are they going to go full Mariners and be like a game back with one week left and go two and five and miss the playoffs by four games? I'd still say they probably miss it by one or two. <laughs> yeah. Get to the last series. You need to win two and go three and they lose two out of three. Six of the last nine games are against the Angels. That helps. Oh, well, we'll go with six of the last 13 are against the Angels because the other seven are against Oakland. They only play Oakland and L.A. at the end of the season. Well, the Angels are better not making it, even with They've the best players off. in baseball. Well, Trout's supposed to be coming back next week or two, I guess. Otani's a monster. Yeah, he's a monster. But they have nothing else. Good job. You yeah. got the best two players They're in baseball. trash. And got nothing out of them again. And I love it. Love it. He chose... Horribly. Yes, he did. He could be in Seattle right now. In the playoffs. They have him. 
the Mariners would be like 70 and 48. It's like they would be in the playoffs with him. Yeah. Or at least. They'd have an ace. They would have an ace. And having one great pitcher would probably bump everyone down and be, make everyone else better. We wouldn't have to have any of those dumb bullpen games that they had. Yeah. Because that was a lot. Yeah, imagine if they had one more good pitcher other than the injuries and stopping bullpen guys. Well, they don't have the bullpen starts anymore, which is good after that Anderson trade. Yeah. But because all the injuries to the starting rotation, it's Paxton. Well, they had five. Yeah, it's Paxton, Margevichis, uh, Sheffield, Dunn, and Newsom. Like, that's five starting pitchers who are out still. Yeah, that's a lot for rotation to deal with. I know they're not all great, but they're better than the bullpen yeah. game. Newsom and Margevichis, it's like, okay, whatever. They had their stretches this year. They, but Dunn, Sheffield, and Paxton were all guys you wanted in the rotation. Dunn was in the three still. Yeah. Sheffield, uh, up, Sheffield until was last, up until his last like, two or three starts. He was doing okay. He was in the threes. Was he? Right around four. I thought he was still like four or five. I thought he was low fours. At least. I can't remember when that. It's been a while. I'm going to have to look it up because I'm going to argue. Because I thought he went out with like a five... He's like a 5'7 or a 5'9 or something awful. I didn't think it was that high. But it was... I thought it got bad at the end. Well, I know his last like three were terrible. Yeah. But even if you're just going to say Dunn and Paxton, that's two good starters who are out. Yeah. And the rotation still looks good. Well, even with Paxton being out the whole year. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. I was wrong. It's even worse. He has a 648. Huh. <laughs> what was it before the last three? I'm looking it up right now. Mick, maybe I was as wrong. Oh, that's where I was right. It was a 5-6-5, five, five, and then he had three more games. I thought he was uh, better. Maybe he was just see, smart. After the game on June 3rd, he went five and two-thirds and gave up two. He had 477. At no point this year he has, a, has he had an ERA below 418. I would admit I was wrong. I thought he was actually better. Yeah. But the last... Maybe it was for the, a month I saw him. Uh, but Dunn was good. Yes, I'll, I'll stick with that. Dunn yeah, was Dunn was really good. Three seven five or something. Yeah. So. But even now, like the Mariners' rotation of I don't know how you want to order it, but Marco, Kikuchi, Flexen, Gilbert, Anderson, still pretty happy with it. That's a good rotation. Gilbert looks like maybe he's getting a little bit tired. I think so. I think he's wearing out. And after rookie years are always hard. Yeah. It's a lot more stressful than pitching the Miners. And, it, and it's not just the innings. It's like the, the mental fatigue. Yeah, that's more. Prepping for a major leaguers. Yeah. It's a lot more tiring. Oh, look, I'm in the Miners. Yeah. Go drink some beverages. Like, or whatever. Yeah, because who cares? I'm going to go out and throw 96 against these guys, break off some sliders, and a bunch of them are lifelong double-A guys. Whatever. I'll pitch around the two guys who are going to make the majors and be fine. Yeah, that doesn't work that way. <laughs> you need to mentally prepare a lot more. And yeah. I mean, Gilbert hasn't been bad at all. Like I'm not saying that. Today he was. Today was not a good day. But no. he still uh, through 15 starts, he'd given up four three times, three, three times, and then two, one, or zero the rest of them. Yeah, I think he had first three starts were bad, and then he was good, and then. Well, it's not even that they were bad. Like some of them were just short. 
Yeah, 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 sure. But he had a stretch. Let's see. Let's go from there. Oops, not there. Let's go from right there to right there. Are you sure? Yeah. Not there. He had a eight game stretch where he threw forty three innings. So he almost so he averaged five and a half innings per start with a one eighty five batting average against. And why are you not showing me your person? So odd sometimes on baseball reference when you pull up, it doesn't give you there it is two forty nine. He had a two forty nine stretch over eight games. That's why everyone was falling in love with Gilbert. Because his stuff looked great. I didn't like I didn't realize how hard he threw. Yeah, he's touching like ninety eight. Yeah, I that? think he's touched ninety nine a couple times. I thought he was lower. He was. He was like a ninety four, ninety five guy. And he's sitting like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, he can yeah. touch ninety eight. Like that's that, that puts you to the top of the rotation types. Yeah. Uh, last four games, he's only thrown 19 innings with a 5-6 ERA. But a big part of that was he only went two and two-thirds against Oakland. And that's not even including today's game, which wasn't great. So which is better, the Mariners rotation or the double-A rotation? Oh, there's a question. Because that double-A rotation is Hancock, Kirby, Stout, Williamson and Brash. Yeah. Which two months ago you would have said the single A rotation was Hancock, Kirby, Stout, Williamson, and Brash. It's like, huh. They must be pretty good. They're all moving up. Yeah. And if you take what I was just looking at today, um, Williamson's last five, three, five starts? Uh, five, I think. I think it's five. Like his first few were bad, but his last five have been dominant again. Like, yeah. Back when he was doing it. And it's like, oh. And then Kirby came out. I think his first start, four innings. No, it was Hancock was the one who had the no-hitter. Right? Kirby. Wasn't it? Didn't Hancock go four and two-thirds, no hits? Yeah, I think Kirby had like four. Four, four great five, innings. And like one hit or something. Like he dominated. <laughs> like, uh, it's crazy to think that the Mariners double rotations, because say you'll go Hancock, Kirby, Williamson for your top three, right? Yeah. They're all top 100 guys. Yes. Because they're talking about Williamson is probably going to be in like the 80s next year. Yes. Stout. I like Stout. Uh, he's had some issues. It seems like he's walking less people. But he got hit pretty hard the other night. Um, yeah, I don't think he's quite there yet. He needs to be more consistent. Yeah. But then... Um, Brash. Brash. Yeah. I always want to say Bash. I was like, no, that's not right. Brash. Yep. He's been pretty good. Just think of him as a pirate, because there's an R in his last name. <laughs> now it's going to be in there forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was awful, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, I love the great puns. <laughs> Did you watch? Have you seen the Pirate Cruise? The Jungle what? Cruise. Jungle Cruise. Oh, no, I haven't. Oh. We watched the other it's full of those. Is that what you were going with when you said that? And it's like, yeah. no, you just, I, you just like good puns. I like good puns. And All then right. you brought it up. And I was like, oh. All right. Perfect. <laughs> so talking about the Mariners rotation and what it could look like in the future with all those guys, like we'll save that for the off season with the prospects and where we think they might fall. What should the rotation look like right now? Like once Dunn comes back, Who's going to fall out of it? Because they're not going to go back to a six-man. Uh, 
Because I, I already know what I think they should do, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were first. Because we talked about it. it's Marco, Flexen, Kikuchi, Gilbert, and Anderson. Those are your five. I'd probably keep Dunn in the bullpen because his is shoulder fatigue. Right? Yeah. So I think I'd keep him there to keep him. So that he's only throwing a couple innings? Yeah, he's more long, really. So what I would do is, and teams have done this before with rookie pitchers, I shut Gilbert down for like 12 days. For two weeks. I, he misses three starts. It's a good way to go, too, yeah. Like he gets some more rest. It's just rest. Because the team did that with Hancock, and they did it with Kirby already in the minors. Yeah. They just were like, like Hancock didn't go to the Futures game because of quote-unquote shoulder dis- fatigue. Not discomfort. Fatigue. Just tired shoulder. It wasn't even that he had a tired shoulder. Well, we just don't want him throwing that much. So we're going to put him on the aisle for a while. And just say shoulder fatigue, because that's what it could be. Yeah, that would be a bad way to go. Or you can just shut him down early and let Dunn finish it off too. Or would move him to the bullpen a little. Well, here's why I wouldn't want to shut him down completely. And you don't want to move him to the bullpen because no matter what, that's going to get into your head a little bit. Of they don't think I should be a starter type thing. Yeah. Because you don't want to shut him down. Because if the Mariners make the playoffs. Then you don't want to bring him back then after being down for a month. True. Right? Yeah. So shut him down for, say, give him another start or two so Dunn can get back. And then you shut him down for two weeks. And it's the 10th of September or something. So we've had another 25 games in, whatever it is. 22 games, 25 games. If the Mariners are still in the playoff race, you can bring Gilbert back. If the Mariners all of a sudden are 10 games out, Gilbert shut down for the rest of the year. And the odds are anyway, one of them is going to get hurt in. That too. Yeah. There's a reason why you can't have five starting pitchers in the league. Yeah, you need a lot. And it's crazy because like, Dunn should be coming back. It sounds like he's doing well. Sheffield, though. Sheffield is struggling still. Through an inning and a third, he walked five guys in his rehab start. That's uh that's not good. No. You give him another gotta let him work off the rust, I guess. Yeah. But still that's not good. No, it's not. And not he, even for his mental health either. No, he needs to step it up because there's lots of guys coming up behind him. Yeah. That we just talked about. So if he doesn't step it up, he's going bullpen or Going bye bye. We didn't even talk about the Mariners, what, seven, eight, nine pitchers in their prospect rankings? Wantane, Connor oh, yeah. Phillips, and Isaiah Campbell? Yeah, That's three more guys. Like they're deep at the pitching. Yeah. Deep. There's no room for, like, oh, I'm struggling. The team's just going to let me work through it in the majors. No. no. This isn't Baltimore. This, this was the year to do that. Yeah. And you're not getting through it, so. And even before the season, we thought he was going to have a good year because of what he showed last year. Yeah, he looked improved. You'd expect improvement. Yeah. Keep going. But that doesn't always work. Yeah. And if he doesn't get it going, he's going to go to the bullpen. Or the, I don't know if he has minor league options. He's not going to be in the bullpen next year. Not with Munoz and Giles. Well, there's always injuries. So. I know, but... They're, yeah, their bullpen's looking really strong. Yeah. 
going forward. So. And what if Paxton comes back in the bullpen like we talked about? Because oh, that he, would be awesome. He will be. I'm calling it. All right. Yeah, you've been saying that for at least a month. Oh, since he got hurt. Per, yeah, probably. I was like, oh, he's down again. All right. His best chance, bullpen. Because it was Tommy John, right? For Paxton? Yeah. So he's not coming back. So he's coming back mid-season next year. At 35? Uh, is he that old? No, he's not that old, is he? Is he really? When he comes back? He's 32 right now. He turns 33 in November, so he'll still be 33 next okay. So do they sign him to the like the Pineda two-year deal thing? I'd give him three. Yeah. Are you going to put him into the bullpen? Give him, uh, he might only take the two. Yeah. Because I guess that's he, what Giles he, got. And he'd be more of a Giles type if yeah. they're going to go bullpen. Yeah. And I would guess at this age, maybe his health injuries, he's not going to be a starter anymore. No. And at least, like, throw him in the bullpen for a bit to see if he can make it through a season. And then he can decide if after the year and a half or whatever of playing in the bullpen, like, yeah. okay, I want to try and be a starter again. Yeah, because he's got this whole year. So he'll be back halfway through the next year. Yeah. Potentially halfway. Yeah. Because Chris Sale just came back. I think his was the beginning of. He was two years in a day. So it, it could be longer. Yeah. So yeah, you give him a two year deal, $10 million. Yeah. Make him the highest paid player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea. If he comes back throwing what he was, upper 90s. Especially in the bullpen, just pumping 100. Come on. That wide Come lefty throw. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be dirty. Paxton's pumping 100. Munoz is pumping 101. Giles is up there. Castillo's pumping 98 mile-an-hour sinkers. Two seamers, whatever they are. It moves a lot. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, he's just, It's dirty. Dirty. Yeah. Like, we were watching his first game. Erica, she's like, that moves a lot. It's like, yeah, <laughs> and it's hot. Like, not slow. It's, it's, yeah, it's moving. It's not it's 91 hot. miles an hour. It's 98. Yeah. That's a lot. Like, if Paxton does come back in the bullpen this time next year, you're going to have to put, like, NSFW tags on the Mariners' bullpen stuff. It's like, it's not necessarily safe to watch around other people with how dirty it is. <laughs> yeah. And if, uh, Lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're welcome. If Dunn comes back and they don't have a rotation spot, you put him in the bullpen. I think he could be up in upper nineties too. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's more of a mid nineties guy. I thought he's touched ninety seven. Was he? I thought he was sitting like ninety two, ninety three. Well, I thought maybe it went he, up a bit. Though. I thought he was there, and I thought this year he's coming out. He's more around the ninety five. You could be right. I think you are. I could be wrong. I've been wrong. That could have led to the shoulder discomfort too, though, yes. and fatigue. But oh, my thought with that is because we talk about all those pitchers, like there could be a pitching logjam. Trade a bunch of guys, go get an ace. Yeah, but you can see where they fall in line. That can be an off-season thing. Yeah, <laughs> there could be lots of episodes of what it could be. Yeah, the what if? What could be? So we're going to finish off talking about something a little silly because we are already 50 minutes in. It didn't seem like that, but well, it's been a few weeks. Yeah. For you. Someone's on vacation. 
soaking well, up the sun. I was on vacation too, but I just got back earlier than you did. Like a day. I don't know. Yeah. So Mariners had that four game series in New York. And the right field wall for the Yankees is really, uh, really dumb. Oh yeah, yeah. This conversation. Yeah, we're going there. So yeah, that was the one thing I listened to the podcast that you did. I was like, oh uh, man, I wanted to say something about a stupid wall. <laughs> like that home run. That was not a home run. There's that so is a many of pop them. up on any normal other than Fenway. It might have went around the Pepsi pole. Yeah. But that's the thing. The Yankees don't have anything else special to make up for it. No, it's a normal other than, like, yeah, I'm going to just shrink this in a little bit. Home field advantage. Yeah. Like, Boston, they have the pesky pole, and they have the green monster. And center field, 700. <laughs> yeah, good luck hitting a ball out to, like, center, left center. Because the green monster goes all the way to, what is it, like, five feet shy of dead center? Yeah, it's a, it, it's very far. And then that funky corner, it's like, okay, you can have your short porches or whatever, but you got to make off with a tall wall yeah. or the funky <laughs> something. It's like the kingdom. They had that 15-foot wall or whatever it was. Maybe it just seemed that tall because I was little. But it was no, a pretty big wall. It was a pretty big wall because it was... It was in, but it was a giant wall. You had to go over it. Yeah. Which is why the angels are dumb because they run theirs right through the middle. <laughs> Next time you're watching an Angels game, I don't know why you'd ever watch their game. Maybe they're just losing and you want something good in your well, life. You can watch Trout or Otani. Yeah, that's true. If they're healthy. There's nothing right. else to watch on that team, at least. So in right field, they have the wall and the scoreboard's above it. The yellow line runs below the scoreboard. It's in the middle of the wall. It's like, <laughs> was it higher before? And they're just like, oh, man, we're not hitting up home runs. I don't know. They're dumb. the angels. They never make any good decisions. They can talk people into being on their team, and that's about it. Like, the only way they make up for it is because they have all the cool stuff in center field. They have, like, the rock fountains. and oh, yeah, yeah. The fancy, yeah, rock fountains, yeah. waterfalls. That doesn't count. Like, it needs to be in the field. At least you don't have a stupid mound in center field with a pole in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Whose dumb idea was that? We used to root for the pick. Mountain, hill, and outfield. Why? You know what was in that pole? A camera. Is there a watching home plate? Ooh. Yeah. Cheating, cheating all the way back then. Yeah. Oh, that's not a light. That's a camera. <laughs> but even in Houston, like, they tried to make up for it by having the train, and their left field is funky. I've never been able to understand it all the way. Because they have the seating, and it runs for a bit. It's a high wall, so that's yeah. fine. But then it takes like a little weird curve backwards, and then the line goes way up. I don't know. It's really weird there. I don't understand. Like, who, who designs these dumb stadiums? Like, I don't know. The interns who are drunk and haven't been paid for 45 days. All right. What, what was the. Then you all go back to. Uh, Polo Grounds or Polo Grounds. I think that's what it was. Yeah. 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 260 down the line and 480 to center. Yep. That's what I like to see. <laughs> it's like when you're messing with something in a game and you just like pull the line on the computer. You just pull the line up, 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 and it stretches. It's like that's what they did there. It just goes up in this giant oval. It's like a cone head. It's, it's great for the shift. Oh, you're going to put a shift on? Yeah, I'll just hit over your head, pop up, and home run. Yeah. 
What if a team went the other way and was like, our outfield, just everything, everywhere is 375. Everywhere. It's just like this kind of flat, funky outfield. It's just 375 everywhere. That would be weird. Like, good luck pulling those ones down the line. There's going to be lots of doubles here. Lots of triples. Yeah. There's probably lots of center fielders running into the wall. <laughs> yeah, they'd be dead spread. Bam! Oh, yeah. that's supposed to be like 25 more feet. And it's going off. But do you, yeah, do you think they need like a certain amount of feet they have to go to? Like you have to have this many square feet? Yes, you can't have. I think it needs to be within a range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't you can't have 450 feet everywhere? Yes. What was it? The old the old Detroit Tigers Park. Center field there was like 450. Well, I think a lot of those old ones are like super long. It's like, yeah. It's like, well, maybe, maybe these are a little too far. People <laughs> like home runs. Yeah. They should have maybe a certain amount of square feet or it has to be within the window. But then also, don't let them put the yellow lines in funky places. No. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Get rid of the yellow lines, okay? It's a, it's a wall, not a yellow line. You gotta get over the wall, not above the yellow line. See, the same me playing my backyard with a home runs over the power line. The yellow line makes sense in a place like Houston, where that wall, unless you're gonna have that be the home run, the wall it goes all the way up to like to the train track or whatever. So you gotta clear the train track to have it be a home run in left center. Move the wall to forward, two feet forward. Oh yeah, just put more seats in, like six rows of seats. Yeah, you need seats just. Move the wall so there's a gap in between. Oh, yeah. Well, they could just put seats in there to make money off of it. Could do that too. I could, there's plenty of ways to do it without having a yellow line be the home run barrier. Yeah. Uh, that's just calling for more replay. Which we don't need. No. There's too much replay. There's too much dumb replay. <laughs> I'm going through and thinking about some of these other stadiums. Like Detroit, they have their scoreboard runs out into right center but then it drops a whole bunch so you can hit a ball like 10 feet further but if you hit that scoreboard it's staying in but if you go a little bit to the left and hit it 10 feet shorter it's a home run which is funky yeah i think pittsburgh has a spot in left center where there's like a little triangle where the outfield wall goes and then it cuts back in for a couple feet because that's where the bullpen butts up and then it goes back. It's like, why couldn't they just bring that wall in so it's flush? Like, you can hit the ball in there. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you got Oakland, the pitchy mounds in the middle of the field of play. It's so dangerous. Like, and dumb. A little wall up. Like, why, why leave it that open? There's no reason. They have so much foul territory. It's like a cricket stadium. <laughs> It's there's so much room over there. It's like just fence the bullpen in. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Safe, a lot safer. Less yeah. people tripping over mounds trying to catch ball. Yeah. Oh, and the walls that are like three feet tall in the outfield, the guys run into full speed and fall over, like on foul balls. Like I was there, like Fenway and Jay Buhner. Yeah. <laughs> No, in the out, like in the field of play, that's fine. But the foul ball ones, where the guy's running, so he has no way of telling when he's coming up on that wall, really. Yeah. Because it doesn't really change. You could probably raise it a little bit more than kneecap level. Yeah. Seeing the guys hit at waist height and just like somersault in. Yeah. 
Like it would just fill up those 90s blooper movies. <laughs> what did you think of the Field of Dreams stadium? I thought it was pretty cool. I had one complaint. Was it Aaron Judge laughing like a moron as he walked in? No. I didn't see okay. The wall. Center field wall. Yeah, that looked funny. It wasn't wood. It was padded and painted like wood. Really? Yeah. Because they had a guy run into it. And I was like, oh, that's got to hurt. And then I should replay it. It's like, oh, something's a little wood. I wonder. Huh. It's like, no, that needs to be real wood. You can't fake it. Don't fake it. Yeah. No one likes it when you fake it. What if they just went like full softball style? It's like, okay, we're going to make the fences like back further or the, the corn back further. There's no fence. You hit it in there, ground rule double. You hit it in there in the air, home run. It would have been crazy. It would have been a bit weird with ground, like hard grounders and just. Yeah. But sure. Usually if it gets into the wall, it's double. It's a double anyway. Like it's better for the defense. It cuts a triple scale. Here's the thing if a guy's on first and it's the ninth inning and a guy hits a ball into the gap, are you just letting it roll to see if it gets into the corn? Because then the guy doesn't get to score from first. Yeah, you probably would. See? you got to think about it a little bit. They would never do that because it would be ridiculous, but it would be awesome at the same time. It would be funny. Okay. Then any other crazy stadiums you don't like? I'm trying to think. Uh, like Some of them are awesome. Like I really like Giant Stadium. Yeah. The massive wall on right, and it just gets like deep into right center. Like It's super deep in there. It's cool. If you can hit it into a triple alley, good. Yeah, I, I like triple alleys and stuff like that. I like uh, Wrigley. I think they need more spent wall fields. Just with the ivy covering it? It's like, oh, yeah, it's nice and soft. Trust me. <laughs> have you seen the things where they have to, like, cut out patches of ivy to replace them or whatever, and just baseballs are falling out of there like crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably what you're seeing in the The weird thing there is that they have the net that, like, angles out over the field, kind of, because they don't want fans, like, falling Onto the field or whatever. No, that part it's weird at Wrigley. I never, don't think I've ever noticed that. Watch like over the outfield fence, especially in like center. There's like a funky net. Oh, I have to look now. It's yeah. not super angled, but yeah, it's it's odd. Well, I have to get my nine TV screens up so I can watch all the games. <laughs> make notes on all the fields. Wait, what was it? One seventy and eight forty twos or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, that would be insane. I'd love that. I'm just looking around at your walls, just thinking of, like, all covered with TV screens. I think I could do it. I could find a way. Or there's a way. There's a way. I think like, be... They may not be 40s, but I could probably... Yeah, I could probably get 40s. Well, I'm thinking of, like, the old Best Buy big screen that had, like, the TVs all put together. Oh, yeah, yeah, But just like that. So, like, they're all put together, but it's just a different game on every screen. So you have just 16 TVs up, just like 4x4 four four or whatever. <laughs> I think the most I had was 3x5, because then you can have your big screen over to the side. I had three in the Air Force. And the big TV, I had a small TV, and then I had a laptop, and I had three games on at once. Nice. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> trying to think, is there any other stadiums that are funkier that it, like, need to be changed at all? The Marlins got rid of that big, atrocious, colorful thing that was in their outfield. Yeah, that was weird. So you get to Miami. No, you, nobody goes to your game still. Get rid of that thing. <laughs> Milwaukee, that's a big slide. That thing's awesome. I'm like, I like the big slide. That's cool. More places should incorporate 
local things into their outfield areas. Yeah, they all shoot. Oh, Kansas City has the waterfalls. Those are cool. Yeah, yeah. Hit a ball into the waterfall. Sweet. Um, you can hit one onto uh, Utah Street in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like the Mariners did. You got, yeah, you got the brick building there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the street where you, you hit the ball on the street to get to that little, little uh, plaque or whatever. Plaque. Yeah. I do like fields that have the giant wall, like Cleveland. They have the big scoreboard like on the field. So it's a 15-foot wall that runs for 150 feet or whatever. Those yeah, things are cool. Big, big ones. Because then the Mariners got a little one. Yeah. It's not big. It's not very big. I wish it was bigger. Like, if it ran, they would have to cover the bullpen at that stadium. Yeah. Basically, they'd have to take that digital one and move it to the field. Yeah. Which would be fine, too. Yeah. They're not going to do that. So. I don't know. Nowadays, though, like, they're so high-tech. Couldn't you just have that scoreboard be, like, double-sided or whatever and just project the field onto the bullpen side of it so the guys in the bullpen could still watch the game? Oh, yeah, easily. They could easily do that. Yeah. Especially with all their money. Yeah. Sure ain't spending it on the team. No, they are not. But things do look better for the Mariners, so that's good. Yes. All right. I think we're done. I think so. It's been a long day walking around the fair. Yeah, it's true. It's a fair time. Fair on a Sunday for the first time ever. The Northwest Washington Fair. I think so. Yeah. Because normally it's Monday to Saturday. But this year it was Thursday through the next Saturday. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they went 10 days. Yep. Gotta get that money. Where well, they're supposed to be limiting the number of people. Yeah, whatever. It's Linden. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, we're gonna limit. We can only have 9,000 people per day. All right, 9,000 people per gate. Let's go. There's like nine gates. <laughs> yeah, it's like, eh. It's just as full as all. How many people have you let in through this gate? 14. We just watched 30 people walk through there. 14. We don't know how to count. Yeah. We got to five and we forgot. I'm sorry. My counter only goes to 10. I get confused. If they were three feet apart, so I wasn't counting them. That's safe. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Careful. I defend people. Guess what? I don't care. You can cry your tears. They're so salty and delicious. I love them. <laughs> I just think of the... Oh, what's that guy's name? Did some award show. He's just like roasting all the oh, celebrities. Ricky Gervais. Yes. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. That's what I think of every time. <laughs> oh, and that's awesome. And I think that's how we're gonna get out of here because we really don't care, but we do care about your support. So go to Anchor. <laughs> go to Apple. Go to Spotify. Uh, check us out. Make sure you're subscribing. If you like what you're hearing, if you want to come on and tell us that hey, you guys are being mean and rude and whatever, yeah, support us and you can come on. Do it that way. If you agree with us, it's like, you know what? You guys are right. Three feet apart should be fine. Me and Alex are three feet apart right now, so we're all good. We're good. Yeah. So if you want to support us, go to Anchor. Check it out there. Uh, Mariners Mojo, the heartbeat of baseball.